This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Scrunchies, so many Every single dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is... Couldn't Couldn't Help But Wonder! A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. Sexy. Okay, so we're so psyched to have this podcast because a little bit about us. We're two BFFs. Love this girl. Love you back. And um, we just absolutely are obsessed with Sex and the City. We both mutually agree this is the best show of all time, right? Yeah, and it's not like I like am violently offended when people are like, it's my guilty pleasure. I'm like, no, bitch, it's a straight by up, the show. Yeah, it it's is a good show. So it's high pledge, no guilt. It's like all pledge, zero guilt. It's all pledge zero calories. all the time. Oh no, it's we fattening to... as fuck. It is fat with pledge. Oh my God, disgusting. This already got I so I don't care. That's wet. what, well, that's what the show is, guys. Not safe for work. Sign up for it. Um, Here's the thing. Yeah. Jamie brought this idea to me and I was violently into it because I'm obsessed with Jamie. She's so busy. I'm so busy. We never get to see each other. So literally getting together, talking about Sex and the City and doing this podcast is the only this is like how we get to talk. Yeah, this is literally our lifeblood. Yeah, this is like how we we get to catch up. Yeah. If we don't do this, we will not catch up and therefore we will die. Yeah. So So, are you guys on board? Listeners, are you are you on this train? Yeah, keep us alive. Um Jamie, tell people a little bit about you just in case they're stumbling upon this blind. Oh, um, hi. My name is Jamie Lee, and I am a comedian and an actor, creator, those kinds of things. I was on HBO's Crashing. and um, Ever heard of HBO, you guys? Yeah, which, I mean, honestly, when I, when I was on a show that was on HBO, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be sharing, like, the like same menu for series options on HBO Go as Sex in the City. I had that thought, and the fact that I have like the little HBO like, what is it like? Shh, that's so uh, cool. I was like, that's from Sex in the City, and it's on my show, dude. That's hot. It's a fucking. It was really. And I have thrilling. to say, as somebody who's known Jamie before, B HBO and A HBO, <laughs> um, she hasn't. She hasn't, it hasn't gone to her head. Oh my she's, God. I mean, to be fair, she was a deaf diva before she got, became a celeb. So she's always been highly I mean, difficult. So it's yeah. just the same amount of difficult. Just for the job you want, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, at least, yeah. Okay. And Rose? Um, hi, everybody. I'm Rose Cerno. Um, I'm a comedy writer. I'm a filmmaker, a performer. I also am a magazine writer. I've been writing about sex, dating, and relationships for magazines for uh, almost seven years. You are a Carrie Bradshaw. You're like a, you're like essentially a living, breathing Carrie Bradshaw. You walk the walk, talk the talk. Well, as a matter of fact, I wrote uh, a TV comedy pilot about my experience being a sex and dating writer it got into the Sundance Labs so cool and then my mentor at the Sundance Labs oh this is oh, I the person who read my script and gave me notes was Jenny Bix who yes. was an executive producer on all seasons of Sex and the City oh, so that was really special her. yeah she'll be a guest at oh, some point oh for sure yeah so basically I'm obsessed with thinking about like relationship dynamics why people are the way they are I, I really like thinking about like I want people to, like, not have any shame or guilt about their sex life, their relationship life. I want people to have better relationships, better sex, um, better relationships themselves. And I think by talking about it and sharing our experience and laughing about it, hopefully, like, the listeners, in addition to, like, LOLing your brains out, like, maybe you'll feel a little more comfortable asking someone out or going on a date or talking to something with your partner because ultimately – 
behind the LOLs and the Cosmos, like it's a show about like wanting love and that's what we all want. So, yes. Yeah. I think that a lot of the themes of sex in the city are very relatable now. And I think that it's a show that uh, has really like stood the test of time in a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways it has not. And we are going to be talking about it from every possible angle um, because it is the 21st anniversary of the show. It premiered in 1998 and I think it's a testament the fact that we're doing this podcast now is a testament to how obsessed we are with this show and how relevant it still is to our lives um, as women and as women who have been in relationships and dated. Also, it's like the show was made a long time ago and it's like every episode is still stuff you deal with. Like, And also everyone still talks about it like it's happening right now, well, like it's still on the air. I mean, it is in syndication, but it feels like a show that came out more recently than it did. There is no Insecure. There is no Girls. There is no all of these shows if there wasn't Sex in the City. So. Okay. It it changed everything. I concur. Okay, this is a literal dream to be sitting across from one of my BFFs. I'm truly delighted and tingling everywhere. Ew, I'm already being disgusted. Oh my God, it's so on brand for us in this sexy, sexy show. Okay, so um, first episode, we are kicking it off. I I mean, really the only way you can kick off a Sex in the City pod. Um... This week, I was a total, and I'm going to go ahead and say that this week, Rose, I was a total, I'm going to say I was a total Samantha Carey blend, Ooh! because I just uh, got back from Palm Springs, and it reminded me of when Carrie and Samantha like took a trip together to San Francisco, even though Palm Springs is the opposite direction of San Francisco, it just had that kind of juicy like sisterhood vibe. I went with my friend Jacqueline Novak, and... Well, I saw your, like, aggressive thirst traps on Instagram where you're, like, you were wearing a full... I mean, I'm obsessed with posting Let's talk thirst about traps. Um, Jamie did something that I highly respect and also okay. do myself, which is she posted a super hot picture of herself in a bathing suit with her hair, like, literally in the wind. But she didn't go on this whole thing that a lot of hot girls do where they put a hot picture of themselves and then they, to justify it, they, like, do this long Instagram post about, like, Black Lives Matter or something. And then <laughs> for some reason, they just, like, look really good. You right. didn't do that. You were right, just like, right, right. this is a hot picture of me. No commentary necessary. I did. I, my caption was not going to subvert with caption. Which I think might be my new go-to caption anytime I post a photo of myself. I just feel like I'm all about posting a really hot photo. Just don't be like, listen, the world is hurting right now. And like, we all just need to get together. It's like, I can see your nipples. Like, literally. <laughs> there were no nips. It was a one piece. It was you like low key. I'm talking about trap. people that do that. Oh, yes, yes, I yes. I follow yes. some like really gorgeous like wellness influencers who are pretty much just Failed actresses, and they're just like literally like, and they look fucking people through their Instagram, and they just look insane in all their pictures. But they never just say like, "Oh, I'm having a really good hair day." They're, They're just like, like. Alexandra Ocasio Cortez or I don't know yeah, what her yeah, name is. I know, is. I know. They always like relate it back to something where you're like, bitch, bitch you just not hot. related. You like the way you look. And, and Instagram, I do too. That's yes. why I'm following you. And also, like, I was so I was with my friend Jacqueline Novak. We kind of just did this, like, like you said to me on the phone, like a blue is the warmest color, but platonic kind of trip where we definitely have like a romantic friendship in a way where we're just. I have that with you too. Where I'm just every like every picture from the trip of you and Jacqueline, like, who both are. We we finger each other. I know. And we yeah. don't. We don't. It's purely I mean, like TBD. I mean, TBD. Sure. But we really were just like enjoying each other's company. And we, you know, we wrote a book together. Woo-woo. Ridiculous. Shout it out. Um, so like, I think we just kind of have partnership vibes in that we work together and we're buddies. And yeah, and Palm Springs is very sensual. Palm we're Springs staying. is very sexy. Let's city. just talk. Well, pa- yes. I'm shocked they never did an episode there. Also, Palm Springs, like the place we we're staying, it was called the Ingleside Inn. And it is a landmark. It started, they built it in the 40s. And like all of these celebrities went there. A landmark was like built in the 40s. It's like Europe is like before Christ. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know. It just had this historic vibe in that. Like a lot of people were telling us, people who worked there were like, oh my God, this place in the 70s was, you know, just swinging, like straight up just Austin Powers. Like people were fucking on the lawn. But like Palm it had Springs, a vibe. That's what Palm Springs is. It is. Like, it's very, it's it's a very sexual desert escape. I went to Palm, I like barely drink. And then I went to Palm Springs a couple weekends ago to look at wedding venues with some best friends who are a lesbian couple. And I had like six pina coladas a day. Oh my God. And I feel like I, I had just four. learned why people drink. I'm like, oh, it's fun. <gasps> yeah. Day drinking can 
can be so. I just it it was just vibes. It was like yeah, you were Samantha. I don't think it was a Carrie Samantha really? blend. You were straight up Samantha. Okay. This week, who were you? I was definitely Miranda, which mm-hmm. is kind of embarrassing because Miranda like. When you're watching the show, she's the one who has, like, the worst hair and the worst outfits, and she's grumpy and cynical and, like, kind of, like, nobody wants to, like, identify with her. But, like, in the end of the day, like, we all are mostly her. Like, we all want to seem, like, the fabulous blonde, but, like, we're kind of, like, the bitter, jaded 40-year-old with, like, a short haircut that's, like, kind of asexual that's, like, I'm over men. Yeah, and I feel like I, yeah, I always, I when I was watching the series, I definitely was like, oh, I, I was I'm like her. I'm her. I was like, I'm I don't want to be her. I hate I her know. outfits. But now I'm like... So I think I'm a Miranda because I went on a date with this guy and he's like handsome and cute and interesting. But um, I've had a slew of experiences with meeting men online and they're just out of a relationship and it's like going really well. And they're like, you're amazing, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm over my ex. Don't worry about it. And then after a month, they like call me at one in the morning. They're like, I'm sorry, I'm not over my ex. I'm like, damn it. So that happened like a bunch of times in a row. So then I met this like super cute guy, tall, lovely, blah, blah, blah. And we're on a date, and he's like, yeah, I don't have a car anymore because my ex took it. And I was like, oh, Uh how long were you with your ex? And he's like, six years. I'm like, oh, when did you break up with her? Two weeks ago. Shut up. Why are we on a date right now? You need to be morning. Like, Oh it was my just God. so I feel like my dating life is like an SNL episode like the next guy I'm on a date with I'll be like oh like when did you and your partner break up he's like actually like let me just send this text we're now I'm single like oh my people God. get online so quick I think because also I think people go through this I think they have friends telling them you gotta get back out there it's almost like a, this is kind of like a fucked up example to compare to but it's like when my mom's cat died there was <laughs> okay. this okay I'm jo- going with go you with I'm it. trying to like see where this back. is gonna go I promise it relates back when my mom's cat died there was a piece of me that instead of just being like oh my god that's so sad take the time you need I was kind of like well maybe we should like go look at the shelter like there was just this feeling of like I don't want her to feel pain therefore I'm encouraging her to like get back out there cat wise and human wise dating wise sometimes you shouldn't get right back out there I also think that if somebody dumps you it's so traumatic that like the apps are a very cathartic way to be like oh look there's a million other girls and maybe if I just sleep with this girl it's just that like also I was talking to my sister about it because I was like but the reason that I felt like I was a Miranda is as soon as he told me he was out of a relationship for two weeks my energy was like full arms crossed like embittered like like high shoulder blades like what is this (laughs) like we kept going out and like we like kissed at the end and it was fun but like I just feel very protective of myself because I've been with guys who are like no I promise I'm over it you're amazing you're pretty blah 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 and then like three months in their ex texts them and they're like oh my god I'm like a mess I'm so sorry like so but then I talked to my sister about it and she met her husband he was out of his relationship with his ex of four years for one week when my sister met him and these are the stories you hear. So that's what you my hear. Sis- these my stories sister like, was like your sister perfect. is a rebound. My kind sister's of. a rebound and she's like, no one's perfect. Everyone has different things. Some people are ready two weeks after. You just don't know. I don't even know this guy. We just went out once. But like, I'm going to give him a chance. My sister said something very funny. She texted me and she's like, dating is gross, but you have to still like, <gasps> ha- like she's like dating is a toilet bowl, but you still have to like believe in love. So yeah. that's why I feel a little bit like a Miranda because I'm just kind of like, oh, my God, everyone that I'm meeting is just like. You know, the older you are, the more baggage people have. It's not like you're in your it's 20s impossible. where people are like, I've never had a relationship before. Everyone's like, I'm heartbroken. I've been like, you know, through and the also, ringer. Rose, like how how gross would it be opposite end of the spectrum if the guy's like, I've never been in a relationship. <laughs> I You'd know. be like, that is highly problematic. No, it's true. You need and also, to learn to feel. He seems like he really wants to be in a relationship, right. which I like. Like, he's like, I'm 40. I'm not trying to like, okay. fuck a bunch of girls. I like want to like yeah. have kids. And like for a woman over 35, it's like, I can't. Okay, wait. I am so thrilled how your story ties into this particular episode. Did anybody see that transition? That was so smooth. It was seamless and it was not planned. It actually just applies to... Girl, you were born for this. Guys, it it does. You guys can't hear it, but we're so hot and sweaty right now. Yeah, and that's (laughs) not in a sensual way. Physically sweating from... Sweats in the city. Yeah, sweats in the city. Okay, we're not changing the title, though. Okay. Okay, so um, with this... This podcast, we are going to go through every single episode Hey-o. of Sex and La City, and uh, that means we're kicking it off discussing the pilot of Sex and the City, Ugh. season one, episode one Classic. of this series. Here we go. Okay, so 
The series kicks off with a bizarre fairy tale that Carrie is narrating, where she talks about this friend of hers, Elizabeth, who we never meet again in the entire series. Elizabeth got really close to a dude. They were even house hunting together. And then he ghosted her, ignored her phone calls. And that was that. Based on this insanity, one would assume the episode, i.e. Carrie's column of the week, is going to be about sociopaths because that dude is clearly nuts. But no. The subject of Carrie's column is, can Can women women have sex like men? Ooh. This leads to Miranda's birthday dinner where the core four, love the core four, where the core four explain where they stand on dating in New York. Miranda is fed up. Charlotte is hopeful. Samantha is focused on sex. Carrie's sort of caught up in Samantha's sexually empowered orbit, hypothesizes that perhaps powerful women in their 30s should focus more on getting their needs met versus trying to find love and feeling embittered like Miranda when they don't. This leads Carrie to, quote unquote, conduct an experiment, as she calls it, where she sleeps with a dude she doesn't really care about and pieces out right after, just like a man would. Like the shittiest man, like the worst man in the world. Let's play that first clip. All righty. My turn. Oh, sorry. I have to go back to work. What, are you kidding Are you serious? Oh, yeah, completely. But I'll give you a call. Maybe we can do it again sometime. What? As I began to get dressed, I realized that I'd done it. (laughs) I just had sex like a man. Oh, shit. Uh I left feeling powerful, potent, and incredibly alive. I felt like I owned the city. Nothing and no one could get in my way. Literally, her purse falls on the ground. Everything goes everywhere. So everything's condoms and cigarettes. I'm like, birth control. Cheap bucks. Number one, he's very handsome. Number two, he's not wearing a wedding ring. Number three, he knows I carry a personal supply of ultra-texture Trojans with a reservoir tip. Thanks a lot. Okay, that that person she bumped... Or actually, no, the person she bumped into, we don't know, but the, the person who handed her her condoms was Mr. Big, and that's how they meet. She fucked some dude and then bumped into someone on the street right after, and then Big was like, let me... Let me help you retrieve your condoms and cigarettes from the ground. Um, how do you feel about Carrie's experiment? With that guy? Yeah. I, I don't know if you felt this way. I kind of was like, is that what, in terms of like, that's how men have sex? Like, it's like, oh, you just like don't return the favor. I don't know. How do you feel about returning the favor, which well, is so gross? I think you're right that that was a little convoluted because this it's whole like, episode is very convoluted, well, I think. The thing is, fucking like a man, I think, in terms of what this episode is talking about, is having sex with somebody, not calling them, not seeing them again, and having it not affect you at all. Yeah. In this particular scene, what it meant was he went down on her, she had an orgasm, and then she got her stuff and left and yeah. didn't return the favor. I actually don't think that's what guys are like. I don't either. That's not a guy thing. I know. I didn't think so. Um, I think the point is she was getting back with this lover who she knew there was like no emotional future with yeah. and felt really good about it. And then was kind of like, I'm just going to like be a dick because it feels good to be a dick. I mean, I've had experiences where I didn't return the favor with people that I don't care about at all. Sure. Have you? Yes. I once let a guy finger me. Um, and then he was like, he was just kind of like, okay, like, will you touch my dick now? And I just remember, I'm like a little grossed out by dicks in general, Unless to be honest. Unless they belong to somebody I care about, totally. I'm not I'm, interested. I'm just not interested. Yeah. Like, I think it's a privilege to get to finger me, and I think touching your dick is like, you gotta earn that. And I know that's wrong. No, actually, well, I'm not even gonna say wrong. I just, no, I don't it's care. Not wrong. Okay, I don't know what it is. You know it's what? what it is. You know it what? is what it is. I took home this guy, I'm 35, and I took home this like, I don't, I'm not like trolling younger guys, but I was just at this bar once, and this guy was very handsome. He was clearly like a model and he was a model. And I was drunk and feeling carefree. This was like Mm -hmm. sometime last year maybe. And I took him home to make out and like, this has happened to me before, the most classically handsome looks like a model from a magazine, always the worst lovers. Yeah, of course. And he was also really young and self-centered and like wanted to be an actor. So obviously like the worst, worst. Sleeping with an actor. I just went dry downstairs. (laughs) So basically we like made out. It was like violently bad and he like maybe like did some stuff to me and then I was like, oh, I'm Ty Ty. You need to leave. (laughs) 
And he was like, he literally might have been like, but wait, like, what about sure. me? And I was like, no, you need to leave. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, you're a stranger. I don't care about you. I don't owe you anything. Like, yeah, I mean. Also, it's like if you're comfortable doing something to somebody, that doesn't mean they're comfortable doing something to you. Yeah, it is kind of presumptuous. Um, and also, it's like in this situation, Carrie's not, I don't think, I think, yeah, I think Carrie is in a space where she's like pretending this is research, but deep down she's feeling such resentment for the way her friend was treated because it represents the way a lot of women are treated. And I think she just sort of snapped into like being a fucking selfish dick mode because she was like that, like, well, men do it to women all the time. Like, it's not coming from a place of research. It's coming from a place of bitterness. I also think that, honestly, I'm 35 going on 120 because mm. I think casual sex is really lame and, like, not satisfying. And I have girlfriends that like it and guy friends. But I also know a lot of guys that don't like it. I'm definitely in the camp of, like, been there, done that. But I think it's literally just so... I mean, this is very female, but I feel like if there's no feelings or trust or, like, care, then, like, it's kind of like disgusting meat slaps. yeah. Yeah. You don't agree? Well, okay, wait, hold on. No, I just had a second thought, which... But that's really judgmental, what I just said. Oh, oh, I'm not judging you at all. I'm, it just made me think of this whole scenario in the show, which is, like, do you think it's great writing that they went from Carrie has sex with this guy and... It, like whatever she's very detached she walks out of the apartment building she's feeling empowered and then they literally are like the second a I woman oh no not that yeah wait that part's amazing when it's like the second a woman's like I'm on top of the world like someone literally like bumps into her and her shit goes everywhere like it just feels that's also the way New York feels I like it I like rom-com writing I don't care if it's like but super what about obvious the fact that that big is no, the one I who swoops that. in okay that's the whole point it's like it's like it's it's like right after this really empowering thing with a guy she doesn't care about, she literally bumps into a guy who she's really going to care about. That might be considered obvious or like on the nose, but yeah. like I think that's how a viewer picks up the signals. Oh, because it's bullshit. It's like she doesn't want to just have casual sex with people. And even when you watch casual sex on TV on shows, it looks hot, but then you do it and it's weird. Yeah, I don't think I've ever, I've never had good casual sex. The worst casual sex experience has. I ever had, oh my God, I'm literally having flashbacks, was when I was a freshman in college. I I was kind of in this mode where I was like trying to do an impression of someone in college, even though I was I was always an old soul who like wasn't that into drinking. Soul. Neither, I'm not that into drinking. So I went to, I w went to South Padre Island for spring break. What's that? That's kind of where you go for spring break when you live in Texas. It's like South Padre yeah, Island. Just, it, it's actually like a really nice like beach destination um, for families. Yeah, but then I've on like spring never break, heard anyone it gets talk disgusting. about Texas beaches ever. Yeah, I mean they're actually South Padre Island's nice. It's on the Gulf of Mexico, and like in the summertime, it's like re it's all families renting condos and beach houses, I and just, it's really cool. I just like picture like a lot of like burnt red people with like there American flag speedos. Absolutely okay. there is that. 100%. Yeah. It's mostly, it's like there's like two pizza restaurants and then like 15 <laughs> Israeli owned uh, t-shirt shops. Israeli, yeah. yeah. It's, it's also, kind like, of bonkers. Eating hot pizza on the beach is disgusting. Yeah, not a great combo. You just combo. want like watermelon and chili. Yeah, no, and there's also a lot of like Portuguese man of wars that like wash up on shore and they have like Manta circles. Wars. Man of Man of wars? I don't know what you're talking Portuguese about. Portuguese man of war. It's like a jellyfish on steroids. It's like even more stingy. Skylar's like violent nodding. Yes, Skylar's here. Skylar, you're allowed yeah, to speak. Yeah, he knows Portuguese man of word. Okay, anyway. So, point is, uh, in, in Texas, at this beach, in the, in the spring break weeks, whatever, mid-March, April, uh, it kind of turns into, like, the a fuck trashiest fest. fuck fest. Yeah. Like, disgusting. Coachella. Southern trashy fuck fest. It's like Kid Rock. It's so great. It's so, it's awful. Like, you get honked at at, like, seven in the morning when you're just innocently going to get breakfast. You're, like, wearing, like, an XXL Taz shirt. It doesn't and you're getting, matter. Like, Someone's, like, trying to fist you. Anyways, so <laughs> I went like there. like a good place to, like, get your groove back if you're feeling insecure. <laughs> You'd think, which is funny because I was feeling insecure my whole freshman year leading up to this trip and which, that's why I was like, this is why I need to go on a proper spring break. Right. I need to do a wet t-shirt contest. Like literally like oh my god, checking I would off be these so boxes. embarrassed to I do lost. that. Spoiler they alert. It would be like you literally can't even enter. No, it's horrible. It's a whole other story. But anyways, my point is um, during this week, it was horrible. It was like the worst. I'm staying with like all these like shitty people in this one condo. They're all like so disrespectful. They're like they're throwing beer bottles off the balcony. We almost got kicked out. It was like a disgusting week. Sounds like, like and then they had this one friend who, his name is Adrian, which I thought at the time was like 
very hot sensual. Uh, it's not hot to me anymore. It makes me want to fucking oh put a gun to my ear. But anyways, um, he... If any Adrians are listening. Any Adrians. She's not talking about you specifically. Not you. Not you. Um, but he was... Whatever. He had like he was just gross, and I slept with him. And then the next day, this girl, Amanda, who I thought was so annoying, she came up to me, and she was like, you slept with Adrian? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, I slept with Adrian. That's disgusting. The next night. And I was, and she thought it was funny. Like, we shared him. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Gross. I can't do it. Casual sex is... And that's what I was trying to do. I was doing an impression okay, of like, well, you just, this is what it is. You just reminded me of this time that Tommy. I slept with a comedian who's successful that we both know. Sure. Who's very cute. And he totally seduced me. Mm. And I like thought there was something special. And then I told a friend of mine, she's like, oh, he like literally doesn't even get hotels when he comes to L.A. because he just fucks a different oh girl every night. Oh, my God. I remember and this. I literally I remember this. Ca- told my friend to be like, I think he likes me. She's like, I don't think so. <sighs> I was like, I felt like such a tool. Yeah, but also it's kind of. Also, I had a good time. It's a little hot. It's a little hot. It was fine. I'm fine. That was good. But I also knew him, and I had like a slight crush on him. Right. But I think the the, I just think it's funny that I was like, I'm pretty sure he has like a mage crush on me. She's like, I'm pretty sure he just like needed somewhere to stay. And also, that's so gross that it's like like to conflate sex and like needing a place to stay (laughs) is just like that. I don't know. That's just like it's it's a little. My friend definitely like knocked me down a couple pegs. I was definitely like, what can't I he do? He is cute, though. I know who it is, and he's cute. He's hot, and he's and talented. And he's talented, yes. And he said he had a crush on me and said I was funny, so I was like, huh. Okay. I obviously believed I mean, it. Yeah. He might. I yeah. mean, it's possible that it wasn't a total lie, but... No, it would, be, it would just be a little bit more comforting if you knew that he if also had a place to stay. <laughs> if you knew that he had a hotel room that he could have gone back to, it would have been a lot hotter. It would have been a lot hotter yeah. if I didn't know that, like... Four days leading up to and five days after was like a different gallery night. Oh, God. He's like, what we shared was special, but also what I shared with all, all those these other, other girls people was also, also special. special. And that doesn't make it what happened with us any, any less, less special. special. <laughs> okay, we have a lot more to talk about, but we got to take a quick break. BRB. And we're back. Hi, hi, hi. We're back. So uh, now we are getting back into the episode. Um, all right. So after the experiment, as Carrie calls it, where she just like has weird detached eating out sex oh, can with I a man. Have one more oh, comment please. about this. Let's hear it. I also think we're obsessed with Sex and City. We yeah. love this show. In some ways, the themes are timeless. The relationship dynamics are sure. timeless. And in some ways, the show is a time capsule of the 90s and a lot of stuff that they put in the yes. show would not fly now. I do think... And this is me being super progressive or whatever, but I do think it's kind of toxic masculinity to say that all men love casual, meaningless sex. All guys get off on it. That's what every guy wants. Of course. Because I have a lot of really close guy friends, and they almost always prefer, like, relationship sex, where it's, like, actually comfortable and with somebody that they know. And, like, because first-time sex is much more performative than actually, like, a connection, in my opinion, and I think a lot of men as well. I think it's this total bullshit thing of like you're supposed to fuck as many girls as possible and blah 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 and we're watching fucking Entourage and that's how guys are supposed to be and I think guys are fed that but I think deep down they don't even actually like it obviously I'm speaking for all men and I like don't even have a dick but like that's what I think well that's bullshit I think that also tees up nicely um, our second clip of the app because it's about a guy who sort of challenges the typical paradigm of toxic masculinity that has has been fed to him so after the experiment after we meet big for the the first time Carrie meets up with her pal Skipper. <laughs> Curly bangs is all he needs to know. Yeah. His bangs are tight He's curls. Straight up pube head. Um, Skipper, who admits he hasn't had sex in a year and he thinks it's because he's not a quote unquote typical guy. That's the problem. You know, I- I'm too nice, you know? I'm a romantic. I just have so much feeling. Are you sure you're not gay? No. You know, I- I'm sensitive and I, I don't objectify women. You know, most guys, when they meet a girl, the first thing that they see is, um, you know... Pussy? Oh, God! Also, I hate that word. It's fine. You're okay. You live in New York City. You've heard worse. Okay. So, um... I mean, talking about how the show is a little... I mean, the fact that Carrie assumes he's gay. gay... because he's sensitive and he's honestly that whole moment is so odd because he's saying he feels he feels inadequate he's like this is embarrassing you're my she's friend she's like are you sure you're not a fag it's like whoa yeah, Carrie calm I know. down it is a little much and yeah I mean have you ever dated someone who was too nice and you were turned off by the fact that they were too nice 
this is what I'll say. I'm a strong Jewish woman, so I need to be with somebody who's emotionally strong. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I've been with all kinds of people, big personalities, shy, quiet introverts, up for anything. But I need somebody who has backbone because I'm strong and I can't, I don't want to feel like I'm, I don't want to be with somebody who's a pushover. For example, I went on a first date with a guy, super cute guy from my grad writing program, actually, Mm -hmm. at like everyone well, whatever. Now everyone knows who he is if they went to grad school with me. But hmm. Shout cute, out. smart, talented. Had a, like I had a little crush on him. Yeah. And we went out for drinks at a bar. And maybe people are going to think this is too harsh on my part. But we went out for drinks and this really annoying girl. This is our first date. Like we both look cute. We're like drinking, kind of like flirting. This yeah. super annoying girl comes and like joins our like she knew him from improv and she's like oh hi and she went on and on for 20 minutes just gabbing 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 like never ending and I needed him to do something and he didn't so finally in the middle I grabbed our drinks and I said hey you know what we're on a first date so we're gonna go move over there I literally did that and I like moved us and it's like we got there and I had no idea if he like was even weirded out that I did that or glad and then yeah. he was like oh I'm so glad you did that and immediately I was like this guy's a pushover I'm gonna yeah. ha- I can't always be right it's it's it feels like it feels symptomatic of like it's a like, larger like he could it's like I like politeness I think that's a really great quality but if it's at if it's like you're so polite that you can't even like stand up for me or mm-hmm. like protect me or like say how you feel I can't be like the pushy Jewish girl that's always like check please can we get this we have to go here I don't want to be that role so I feel like I need somebody who can like step up to that mm. but I don't think that's like necessary like I like sensitive guys I like emotional guys I've definitely dated guys who might have been gay and I was totally in love with them so I don't mind sensitivity and emotions but I can't handle I don't want to be with a pushover who like doesn't say doesn't speak up for themselves yeah I that yeah I feel that way too but I it's so funny because I'm like yeah there is part of me that like it's like, I, I don't know. This is just like the classic thing of like, we want someone who's like sensitive, but strong, but, but you know, but tough, but weak. Like we, we don't like, don't actually know. We know what we want, but we actually, once we have all of the things that we think we want, it's not, it doesn't necessarily feel great. And I feel like um, if I was with a guy who was too nice, I think it would push me into being a bully. I like nice. Simply be, yeah, I know. But I'm saying simply because... I think it would make me, I think I would know that I could prey upon them. And I feel like that's what the skipper represents is I this think, guy who's like letting his guard down. Here's the thing. I think we conflate nice with weak and I don't think those are the same things. I hope that I'm a nice person and I'm also a strong person. Mm-hmm. I think you can be a nice, kind man and also be strong. Like, oh, oh, of course. I'm yeah. saying what it would bring out. I'm saying if I dated a guy, if I dated a skipper type, I could see myself it almost would, it would almost, he seems like someone who gets pushed around and I could see myself letting that part of myself out because he would be, he would allow it. And I think it's like, this guy just needs boundaries. You know what? Because if you set up your boundaries, then no one's going to step on you. And also he hasn't had sex in a year. Like maybe something's all, maybe something else is off. This is what I think. I think people, I think they're, he's calling himself a nice guy, but what he is is a wimp. Right. Everyone like. I mean, if you don't like nice, then you have low self esteem. If you want somebody to be mean to you, you don't right, like yourself. Right. 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 Nice right, is right. essential. Like you need to be with a kind person. No, you need to be with course. a generous person. But he just has no self esteem, and so he's calling it nice. But what he means is, I have no fucking backbone. Right. Nobody wants that. No, no. guy wants that either. Nobody wants somebody who's a pushover. That sucks. Yes. It's it's like I, like a lot of guys don't like girls who are like whatever you want, you pick. I don't care. Like that's boring too. Like you want people that have opinions, that have thoughts. You know, that you can't just boss around unless you have no self-esteem yourself and that's what you need. Right. I feel like I uh, think kindness, sensitivity, mm -hmm. emotional. Those are great qualities in a man for me. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I think that. Yeah. Okay. That's my opinion. Yes. I I think that uh, I have definitely dated guys who were too. They were like too sweet too soon and there was actually my college boyfriend was really really nice to a point where I was like like do you think it was real it was real we dated for like four years he was one no no no, not your relationship but like the niceness was that real yes he was so nice but like what's an example of him being nice like what do you mean he was just like a kind loving sensitive person like after four years I was like I'm out no he was great but my point is like he he was so he was so like emotionally available right away that I actually did think he was gay. So it's kind of fucked up that Carrie said that, but also now I'm like, oh, I did think that. 
I was like, that is not what I'm used to. I'm not used to guys. There, I've, been, I've dated nice guys, but he was so there for me and ready for a relationship oh. that I was like, that is a feminine quality. Oh, I and would never think which that. Which is crazy. But yeah. it is, I'm saying it's crazy. No, no. Well, it's because it's like, well, if the media shows you a nice guy and says, like, are you gay? Yeah. Then that's what you think in your head. But personally. That's so crazy. Personally, that's so I think crazy. that so many girls waste decades of their life dating guys who are not nice because the media tells you that the guy who like rides off in a motorcycle is who you should want to fuck even though those guys yeah. are like deeply damaged and like have no room but for also, you. But also that is the, that is a testament to this show what you said. That's a testament to the show being in the 90s. Like when I was in college it was like early 2000s and that was my mind frame. I was like oh my god. He's nice. He's so nice. He's so emotionally available. What's wrong with him? And now I would be like oh yeah that's what you should be. That's right. a normal way to be. That's a healthy man. Yeah, I also think this idea of like being emotionally available, being a turnoff is something you think in your teens and 20s. Like if you're turned off by someone liking you back, that's a very young yes. thing. Yes. Young or again like no yes. self-esteem. Like people totally. that don't like people that like them have like they're either super young or they just don't like that's themselves. That's so true. Yeah, because you, the the fun part of being with somebody is that they're kind to you. That's the of fun course. part. Like somebody treating you like shit shouldn't be fun. Amen, sister, friend. Okay, so, um, all right. So we have Carrie, she she takes, she, she's concerned for Skipper, and she fixes Skipper up on a date with Miranda. Which is psychotic because she literally fixes him up with the meanest person on the planet who, I like, know. hates all men. Well, and that's what happens. Uh, Miranda's really... Well, let me just read this really quick. Okay. So, uh, Carrie fixes Skipper up on a date with Miranda, who isn't really into him until he's rude to her, then she's turned on. Of course, this takes place at Club Chaos, which serves as the backdrop of the rest of the episode. And let me just say, Club Chaos really does lead to chaos for all the women. Oh. Carrie sees the dude from her experiment there, making out with another girl and feels jealous. Samantha sees Big there and hits on Big, and he says he's not interested. Now, Charlotte is off on a date with a dude named Duncan Capote best name ever literally that's like Ugh, what I would like write so in like good. erotica in like seventh it grade it is such a it's such I'm an like, erotica Duncan name Duncan Capote I know takes off my velvet corset <laughs> <laughs> at the at the head of the ship yeah um but when, okay, so, uh, yeah, Dun- named Duncan, Duncan Capone. But when she refuses to have sex with Duncan after the date, he tells Charlotte he's going to Club Chaos to find someone who will fuck him. And guess who he fucks? Samantha. But what happens to Carrie as a result of Club Chaos? Carrie can't catch a cab home from the club, assumes she has to walk home until all of a sudden... Mr. Big scoops her up in his iconic Lincoln or whatever that car is, and they have a very strange emotional conversation in the back seat. I'm sort of a sexual anthropologist. You mean like a hooker? No. I, um, I write a column called Sex and City. Right now I'm researching an article about women who have sex like men. You know, they have sex, and then afterwards they feel nothing. But you're not like that. Well, aren't you? Not a drop. Not even half a drop. Wow. What's wrong with you? (laughs) I get it. You've never been in love. My... My feeling off... this This is a writing question for the show, which is like, okay, Carrie has bumped into Big one time on the street very briefly they saw each other then she sees him at club chaos they make eye contact there they make eye contact they did make eye contact yeah, at club chaos her, that's she right saw him. but then she kind of was like oh yeah my friend can totally go oh yeah that's right because Samantha goes over and hits she on says, him she says if you're not going to hit on him I will. I will and she lets her correct and then they end up getting in the car together at the end and then like he ba- he knows nothing about her but then he deduces that she's never been in love and i kind of was like how I understand that it's writing and they're just trying to get the You're story out. You're just wondering out. in real life why somebody would ask that? Wh- no, and also, yes. And also, like, why Why does he assume she's never been in love? Like, where is he Where is he getting that information from, I guess? Did you? I think, I, I think that it makes sense. Okay. Because she says, I'm just trying to fuck like a man. And yeah. like, oh, you can't do that. What's wrong with you? Right. He just knows that she's never been with a good guy. Because she keeps having all these really corny, like... 
opinions about like, oh, you're a dude. Like, why haven't you just like had a bunch of empty sex? He's like, what are you? He just knows that she's just like trying to play this horrible rat race instead of like. He yeah. knows that if she's had a really good relationship, she wouldn't be doing this. And also, it's kind of cool that Mr. Big represents like sort of the times we're we're living in today, where he's kind of saying like, "You're being not lame. all guys are which like is cool." That. Yeah, and it's cool that the guy in the episode is the one who discovers and that for he her. He looks like such a douche. He looks like he'd be the exact kind of guy. Yeah, they he's describe him rich. as Donald Trump. Yeah, that's well, what they said he's going to be the next Donald Trump. But she's talking about rich wise. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. rich wise. He's tall. He's handsome. He's rich. He yes. works on Wall Street. Like yes. you think this is the kind of guy that's like that, right? I also think that like it's it's a good scene because she feels so embarrassed afterwards. Yeah, he kind of puts her in her place. Well, because which she's is also like, hot. I mean, I wish it wasn't, but it's hot. Yeah, and it's also kind of like she pretends to be this like for the listeners, I was a sex writer for magazines, Cosmo, New York Magazine, Vice for many, many years. And people always have these assumptions about you if you write about sex and dating and relationships. And, like, I'm, like, a really nice, sweet girl that, like, wants love. But if you write about this stuff, people think you're, like, a nasty slut yeah. ready to fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Carrie's, like, a really loving, sweet person who wants love. But she writes about this stuff. And so I think she also gets caught in herself being, like, I'm a sexual anthropologist. I'm just going to do this stuff for the article. And it's, like, no, you just, like, want to be in love. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like, um, I feel like... I don't really know what I feel. I don't have anything to say about that scene. I just the scene. Yeah. For me, writing wise, I just it I, I just for you. Yeah, it is a little bit of a jump. I, I and I also wish that Big wasn't the one to like simultaneously. I do think it's hot that he's kind of like, this is who you are. And I see you more than you see yourself. That's so hot. That Come part on. is very hot. Also, like I but, see you better than you see yourself. Yes. But because it's a show that's like about empowered women figuring it out, there is a piece of me that's like, I would like her to come away from it realizing it. Right. Um, just like, because she's the one who started the research, she's the sexual anthropologist. So I'm kind of wanting her to be like, no, let me tell you what I discovered in my research. Yeah, but in the end of the day, in relationships, you learn things from other people. Of like, course. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. I think it's a really fun setup, and I don't know. I, I love that conversation because it's also kind of interesting and kind of edgy because she's supposed to be in her 30s or mid-30s, and she's yeah. like, I've never been in love. And that's kind of like, oh. This whole show, by the way, just highlighting that, which I feel like people talk about a lot, but it needs to be talked about more. The fact that this is a show that is like these women are in their mid-30s, and it's not it's highlighted it's highlighted a little bit but it's not hit over the head in this way we're like they're old they're so old it's right. like no they're fucking killing it and, and they're the pilot, hot and they're cool and the pilot episode is literally being like we're gorgeous like Samantha says i'm just as pretty as any model she's like not threatened and Samantha's older than the other women she's in the in her group 40s, yeah. yeah looks amazing yeah and she's there's no mention of like she doesn't even talk about her age and it's so refreshing it makes me it makes me feel like happy to be where I'm at in my life versus like, oh, I should have this, this and this by the time I'm this age. Like the show lets you just be a fucking woman and like yeah. capital W don't apologize. There's one character who's the insecure part of all of us women, which is Miranda, because she's like, I'm old, I'm bitter, I'm going to die yeah. alone, I have a cat. Like, oh, which my is heart funny, goes out whatever. To her. Like, yeah, and she grows. And we all she have grows. moments like that. Of like, course. Um, like there's a moment in the intro where she's like, you know, uh, there's no good guys left except for like the bald, fat, ugly right, ones right, or right, something. Right, right, and right. she's like, and even those guys are just as bad. And it's just kind of funny, too, because like um, I was talking to a good friend of mine recently about like how it's funny to online date because it's like you're just basing if you want to date somebody like on a picture. Yeah. And there are people that you can get to know who maybe you wouldn't have picked them in a crowd to be like, they're so hot. But then you get to know them and you like totally have a crush on them. And you can't tell that from a photo. So the only people you're choosing are like really hot people. Um, and it's funny because I, I used to date this guy a couple years ago and it was like months into dating that I realized I had seen him online and swiped left. Whoa. But in real life, I was super attracted oh, to him. He was a swipe right. Right. But like, it's also just kind of interesting because like what she was saying about like, now I have to give guys a chance that are like kind of fat or bald or whatever. And it's kind of interesting too, because it's like, as you get older, you do get more open to that stuff. Cause totally. Because it, it's like. Yeah, when you're know. in your 20s, you're like, ew, he has kids. And now I'm like, I can be a stepmom. Right. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> 
I'm like, oh, he's bald. Well, does he does he drive a Subaru? Does he right. lease it? I'm fine with that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Does he rent? Does he have roommates? It's like, I I think that women are a lot more forgiving about looks uh, than men are. I think men oh. really want like a really hot like thin girl and women are like oh he's bald he's a little chubby he's the I feel like girls are but a lot more then you also open. hear but then you also hear like oh women just dress for other women like men no, don't, don't actually care yeah but you hear like like when if you like complained about like not you specifically but if a woman complained saying? to a guy about like oh I don't like my like hips or whatever it's you usually hear the guy being like that's like that's women that's women posturing for other women. Like men love that stuff. So I feel like that's I don't know. I don't know. I think it's much more important socially and biologically, like from the dawn of time, that it's really important that men, like when they walk into a room with a girl, that like other guys think she's hot and that their friends think she's mm. hot. And I think it's like programmed into their head that like a girl that's impressive to other guys is like super important. Whereas for women, you can have a guy, you can have a boyfriend or a husband that's like not that cute and it doesn't matter. It doesn't like hurt your status or hurt your ego. Whereas I think for men, it does. And I don't know what the reason for that is, but I think that's true. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's why sometimes guys maybe would be attracted to girls that don't look like the typical thing, but they don't want to even go there because it's like, what will their bros think if they're with a girl who's like a little this or a little that, you know? Yeah, and that's also probably like cultural too. Like totally cultural. Like I think like different parts of the country probably. I like for example, my husband. I feel like his friends they talk very openly about like gotta be with a hot girl. Okay. But then like when I was growing up in Texas, I didn't feel that as much. Like in my group of friends in Texas, I, I didn't feel unspoken. that. Like, the broiness, okay. but I'm saying like the broiness on Long Island is like a real. Aggressive that's like a thing that I had never seen growing up. I'm not saying broiness doesn't exist in Texas, but there was like a uh, there was it was like a frat mentality even younger than college. But you know what always comes to mind is like these cool John Hughes rom coms where it's like the nerdy guy who like likes a girl and he wants her to see him for who he is. Yeah, that guy always chooses the hottest, blondest amazing rack girl and she has to learn to love him but that yes. guy never chooses a girl that's also weird it's like the story is also a weird indie guy has to prove to like a perfect looking girl that he's worth dating but yeah. why doesn't he just find a cool indie girl like yeah. it never happens that way like even on that really awesome show Sex Education oh I haven't seen that it's phenomenal oh. but like or um, any show that like 20th Century Women did you see that no <laughs> Any cool show about like a little indie dude that's kind of like a misfit and like likes weird bands and skinnier than normal and doesn't look like a hunk, he falls in love with the most typical looking girl who's the most popular. It's like it's it's like we're asking to see through him to like value him, but it's yeah. not going the other way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, God, so I'm like sweating from my own opinions. Oh my I'm God. like getting so heated. Oh my God. Okay, everyone, just so you know, this isn't just a pussy fest. Ew. Love There's it. There's also a man here. Ooh. Who could he be, I wonder? His name is Skylar Hanrath. He is our wonderful assistant producer. And Hello. Male voice. Male voice. Ooh, that is man a male voice. Yes. Seeing Sex in the City for the first time. Ooh. So I'm like, yeah, so I get welcome. to go on the journey anew. Yeah. Oh my God. Welcome to La Clue. Also, that buttery but, baritone. Thank you so much. I feel like he's trying. I feel like it's, I am it's put it upon. It's, yeah. it's his it's buttery, like, his it's buttery like radio voice. Multiple octaves higher. It's, like yeah. it's like Lincoln's real voice. <laughs> um, everyone's really upset. Like, mm. Skylar, um, are you ready to speak on behalf of literally all men? Every man. Yes, all men. Oh, okay. Skylar, I'll take I'm it. so excited that you're going to go on the Sex and the City journey with us. How did you feel about the first episode? Like, obviously, we're obsessed with it, so you feel pressure to say you liked it. But like, if if you weren't on a podcast literally about Sex and City and you were just talking to your girlfriend about it, what would you say? No, I liked it. Um, I'm glad to finally be watching it. Like, it's it's one of those things that like I'm so familiar with with the main characters, like how it's just like kind of entered the culture, so to speak. That I'm like looking forward to really like filling in the gaps that have been created in me just knowing the references basically. Love it. Skylar, which great. one are you? Like are you a Samantha, a Miranda, a Carrie, or a Charlotte? I feel like a Miranda oh on God. the on the first episode. We okay. are all Miranda. Are you really bitter towards men? I I think we as a gender have a lot to answer for. So okay. yeah. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Right answer. Oh my God. I, that he, warms my soul. He's taken ladies. <laughs> Um, okay, so 
Well, this brings us towards the end of our episode. We're not done yet, but we have uh, we have a question to answer, which is the question of the episode. And we're going to do this every episode of this podcast. We're going to take the question that Carrie poses and answer it on our on our own. Um, and the episode question is: Can women have sex like men? Interesting. I uh, well, I think we've kind of. We've kind of nailed down that having sex like men in Carrie's eyes is not, it's way too generalized. Uh, There are all different types of men who have different relationships to sex, ranging from extreme diluted confidence all the way down to like, you know, low self-esteem and self-worth. And I don't think you can make a blanket statement about the way men have sex. Um, And I think that, at least from where I'm sitting, you absolutely cannot have sex without some kind of emotions unless you fucking detest someone's personality. That's where I stand. But you like their dick. I have to say something, and this is all coming from... <laughs> you have not said a word. Let's hear it. <laughs> Finally, I get to speak. Finally. Let me talk. Okay. Everyone's opinions come from their own experience. Sure. And in my experience, if you start having sex with somebody mm-hmm. and the sex is good... Mm-hmm. I a couple I don't even remember a couple of years ago I started having sex with like this ripped hunky personal trainer. I feel like I remember this. Yeah. Okay, keep going. He was like one of the quote unquote hottest people I've ever yes, slept with. Yes, yes, yes. I remember and this. I wasn't popular in high school. I was really dorky looking. I was super tall and skinny and flat and like boys didn't some boys liked me, but I just felt really ugly. So like catching a guy like that was like sort of fulfilling this ego high school fantasy of mine. He was like not smart. He had on his wall, he had a bunch of post-its of goals he wanted to achieve in the year. And one of the goals was read a book. Oh, wow. And I was like, literally, that's not like a year-long goal. That's like something you do on the weekend, like for fun. I don't know. There was We had nothing in common is what I'm trying to say. Another thing okay, he I'm said. I'm very embarrassed to tell you that one of my New Year's resolutions was to read more. Okay, that's fine, but it's not can, like... Can we still be friends? But, like, he had, like, buy a house in Los Feliz, read a book. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> read a single book yeah, is like, so sad. Right, but I was still into him because he was, like, wildly hot. But another thing he said to me once Learn is, like... to read. He, we just had nothing in common. And then, like, one time he was telling me, like, oh, my God, Rose, like, my sister saw an angel the other day. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so fucking white trash. And I was like, well, what do you mean she saw an angel? And he's like, well, I was like, angels don't exist, so that's not possible. And he's like, well, how do you explain this? And he, like, showed me a picture. And I was like, Photoshop, Illustrator. What was it? What was the picture of? Whatever. Did it have wings? Mist? I don't know. It was just, like, a ray of light. I was like, the fact that It was literally a sunbeam. Whatever. Who even knows? But, like, everything in my body was, like... You you have no future with this guy. He's like not smart. You can like barely like white knuckle your way through having a brunch conversation. Yes. But because we had sex long enough and it was good enough, all of a sudden I was like, mm, I think he's going to be to my convince. husband. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm a human and sex releases oxytocin and chemicals that literally make you addicted to somebody. And that is why sex is dangerous with somebody that you don't care about because you'll learn to care about them. I, wait, I love that you brought that up because I think that I, okay, so I was dating this guy. I don't know if we were friends at this point, but I dated this guy who was like horrendous. He was literally <laughs> a lawyer who was poor. It's still to this day. How? It's How like, and why? 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 No, there's no they excuse. They can't fool each other out. There's They're both no, bad. No, there's no reason. But you're right because we we had terror. It was the sex was so bad. He was always sweaty because he like took pills. Okay, obviously. It was just like he also had like a platonic. This was like your this was like your self esteem rock bottom, Jamie. It, what is happening? It actually was. No, yes. no, no. It was my self esteem rock bottom. Yeah. It was so bad. Everything about it was so bad. He was he was terrible in bed. Everything was bad. But I do think there was a piece of me that was like, but we well no, I don't think it was the sex that kept me. I'm actually gonna stick by my original point the sex was terrible and the reason i think i stayed was because i was at a self-esteem rock bottom yes, i course. don't think i don't think it was the sex itself that made me more into him although I, chemically yes of I, course i also do have to say this guy that i like sort of started fantasizing about like being my boyfriend he was also a very nice kind person yeah. he wasn't a bad dude yeah he was nice he was kind we were very sexually connected but all that's to say can women have sex like men Rose Cerno, I think, again, this is going to make me sound like a dinosaur. Young people don't agree with me. I, I think sex is for people that care about each other. I know that sounds corny, but like... That's not corny. Yeah, that's how I feel. I, I just kind of feel like it's kind of dangerous to start having sex with somebody you don't care about because it's just going to get messy because you're going to start 
You're just going to accidentally get in a relationship with someone you have nothing in common with and you shouldn't be with. Yeah. And I also think that like if you start having sex with someone like, OK, let's say you have sex with someone and you're like, like I was saying originally, like you're not in their personality, but you're like, I want to be having sex right now. And this person is like available for whatever reason. So I'm going to like allow them sort of into my space. And right. They can whatever do whatever to me. And I'm I'm getting a lot out of it, too. So it's OK. Even then. You start to hang out with them more because you might just be like, oh, because they like sleep over. So there's like you start to build up a comfort with that person. Also, like if you start cuddling and it's like exactly. that, that just gets tender and that's just confusing. I know. I know. And I think over time you end up maybe you don't like them. And there's a part of you that knows like I have to end this. I have to end this. But even that becomes exhausting and time consuming in a way that a relationship might be. And I feel like the idea of just like literally going home with somebody who doesn't care about you and never calls you back. I don't know how guys feel about that, but that does hurt my feelings. Like I would, that would hurt their feelings. I don't know, Skylar. Would it hurt your feelings? It would. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's just intimate. It's like it's like our, we're never naked. No one's ever touching us. So when people do, it's special. Yeah, and I I don't know. I think that like we have this perception that like there's I mean it's just true for men and women. There's a subsect of like the population that's really having a lot of sex with a lot of different people. But that's not most people. Most people, especially our age, have jobs and are busy and like they're trying to figure out a way to like insert a dating life into their career life. And I think that they 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 don't have that much time. So if someone is going to like waste their time, that's obviously I don't know. I also think this idea of what good sex and bad sex is is totally misunderstood in society because I think when people read magazines or watch TV shows or hear other people talk about good sex, in their head they're thinking like crazy tricks and like all these like weird moves. And like at the end of the day, it's truly just somebody you feel deeply comfortable with who you can be like, can we try this? Oh, I didn't like that. Can we try that? Cool. Oh, could you do it? Like it's literally just being wildly comfortable and feeling really safe. It's not like somebody needs to like spin you from the ceiling. Like, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what do you think, Skylar? No, I agree. Go ahead. Um yeah, no. Good sex is certainly like a product of like a long-term connection that you like totally owes to like you caring about the person you're having sex with that totally owes to like the the person you're having sex with caring about you. Totally. Like, I, I 100% agree. And like I think that this episode in particular presents just like this weird two extremes of the way that like men can have sex. Yes, right. there's no gray area. Yeah, It's which like is they're like, either pieces of shit or they're like looking for love. Oh my God, that's so true. Exactly. Like they're there's no shading in it and I think that that is like disingenuous and not that's like that's, it's like this silly like extremes that's that a is like not, and also like yeah, it's that, like curly bangs like only wants to find love and then just like somebody who has literally no feelings 100%. yes and also it's like yeah I think um I think that's why I felt like this whole episode was a little disjointed because it starts with this the fairy tale that I mentioned up top of like Elizabeth was like dating this guy and then they, everything was going great and they're about to get married and they're house hunting and then he ghosts her. It's like just so fucking relatable. That's I'm ins- sorry. Yeah, but but even that going from that to being like oh, we want to have sex like men. It's like I don't know that guy's like talking about house hunting with her. Girl, you've been that- off the market for a long time. You would not believe what people do. I mean, they, he was just about to. Like, people are going out and like. Literally, no, but I've had guys be or? like, you're my dream girl, like, I'm obsessed with you, blah, 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 and then a week later being like, why did you think that this was going to go to a relationship? No, but this like, guy, straight, the way it was told was, you know, I guess what I'm saying is the fairy tale, the way Carrie pitches it of, like, tale as old as time, I actually don't think that's tale as old as time. I think that guy is, like, he is serious, like, truly deeply rooted like narcissism and commitment issues if he's like searching for a house with this girl he was about to introduce her to his parents but Jamie, and then he literally went away you've been in a relationship for eight or nine years yeah but i dated i'm not like a fucking idiot that's I know crazy you're not an idiot but i think there's a lot of I, I don't think he's a sociopath i i've done a lot of reading about this about anxious attachment Avoidant attachment, whatever. There are a lot of men who have avoidant attachment style, which means they want to be close. They like the idea of relationship. They fall really hard. That was the term I was looking for, avoidant attachment. I don't think that guy means to be an asshole, but a lot of people, they don't even realize as soon as they get close to somebody, they absolutely panic. And it's not because they're trying to be an asshole. It's because they are traumatized from like whatever their parents or their childhood or somebody breaking their heart in the past that like they act in insane ways. Right. But I guess my point is yes, all of that. But then to take that and go, let's like, let's have sex like men. I don't, I think it's to Skylar's point. It's like, I don't think that that's, 
That's not what men, I don't think every man does that. I think that that is a type of guy, but I think that we're dealing with extremes here of like someone who truly is like building up a wedding fantasy for this girl and then also someone who is like wanting to be in a relationship. I just think, I I, I think that there is a gray area and I think that this episode feels a little Black disjointed to me in that I don't even know that the thesis of the episode is can women have sex like men or or if it is that if that is the thesis I don't know that that fairy tale was the best way to set that up writing just like a writing note yeah which is or, what I'm saying yeah, it's a yeah. writing note I was just gonna say like to give the episode is due though it it, while it presents those extremes, it does present two guys, two guys at the opposite ends of those spectra, at the, of that spectrum, who do represent that extreme, like the skipper. Yeah, exactly, skipper yeah. who like Too isn't going to deliver yeah, on like skipper. on like having unemotional sex, right. and then the yeah. other guys who are like are exclusively looking for unemotional sex. So like, I agree with the no, but I think that thematically it like plays out. What it's setting. I do up. too. I also oh, okay. think that like this is this is why maybe some people didn't like the show Sex and the City is they thought it was like maybe cheesy or like all guys aren't this or that. It's not like a new show where everything's like nuanced, like better stings and, and yes, Louis and everything's yes, yes. shaded of course, gray. Of course, it's, there is no, there are not a lot of shades of gray black on and that white, show. Yeah. But it's kind of why it's fun. And also like I've met both of those types of yeah, guys. Sure. But yes, the kind of guy you want to be with is some somewhere in the middle. Also, we haven't introduced our male. Uh, our male expert on everything having to do with men and all manliness. I know. Which is... Uh, Skylar Hanrath. Hello. This is me. <laughs> Skylar. Skylar, we're so happy to have you because it's like, we're just like railing with our like feminine wiles and it's yeah. nice to have a, a man to just chime you're, in. You're, our, you're the gray shading the, in our black and white lady world. combo. It, and I hang back. I'm yeah. just here purely. You're we love having it. you. Now go back in your cage, Skylar. <laughs> Take a treat and go back. Okay, so we end every episode with uh, a segment called I'm Horny For because Sex and the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end the episode by sharing what we're currently horning for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Well, um, I'm actually extremely horny for this gay, <gasps> twinky pop musician named Troy Sivan. Love. And the reason why is, actually, I'm obsessed with this other podcast that's produced here called Los Culturistas. Ooh. And they um, interviewed, one of their guests was this gay songwriter named Leland, who does a lot of writing for yeah, this yeah, yeah. pop singer, Troy Sivan. I just Sivan. heard him on Los Culturistas. Yeah, yeah, so I went to look up, who is this Troy Sivan? I mean, move over, Timothy Chalamet. He makes Timothy Chalamet look like a fat piece of shit. Like <gasps> Troy Sivan is like weighs one pound. He's also he's like twelve years old. He's so handsome. Ooh. He's like all ribs and like just like scoliosis and just gorgeous. Like oh, if you yes. like like skeletal pretty boys, he is the most blue eyes, blonde hair. He looks so emotional. He looks like he's like about to cry at all times. Oh, I amazing. thought he was so handsome. I know that I have no chance with him for multiple reasons. He's famous. He's gay. He's in love with another man who he has a boyfriend with. We don't know each other. We don't run in the same circles. He's gay. But I like looking at pictures of him and I literally lost like an hour in the morning before like going to bed just being like Troy Savon. I'm like, Ooh. what is wrong with me? So anyway, I'm a fucking pervert for Troy Savon. Okay. Yeah, so I'm super horny for Troy Savon. Incredible. And also I started listening to his music and his music is literally like about like anal sex and <gasps> him being a bottom. Oh, I have to listen to this. It's, called, it's a song called Bloom. Okay. And it's about how like his like butt is like a secret garden. And I was like, oh my God, that's so beautiful even though I never want to have anal sex. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid myself. I'm like, my butt is a secret garden with like a do not enter yeah, sign, like has, a chain like, link I fence. threw away and, the like, key. like an Israeli IDF guard like standing in front of it. <laughs> Okay, well, um, this week I am horny for, um, I'm horny for this restaurant that I ate at in Palm Springs called Melvin's, mm. and it is just a blast from the past. Everyone who hangs out there looks like they're from the Golden Girls. It's a lot of, like, women in their, women and men in their 60s um, wearing, like, peach, like, peach silk button-down dresses and shirts with, like, the little tie scarf. Fashion and, like, icon. Everything, yes, and everything on the menu 
is like not a current like in the food scene. I know nothing about the it's food like scene. It's like meatloaf and like it's bechamel. It, yes. For breakfast. Exactly. It's like, yeah, like I got like shrimp scampi it's and disgusting. then they have like, they only have like eight menu items, which is not, I like a, I like a stack You like menu. a cheesecake factory novella. I mean, I like a couple of pages. This was a one pager. Like, I need chapters. I need like. I do. Like, I do. I need, yeah, I need act breaks. Um, so I, yeah, I got the shrimp scampi and then their, their signature dessert is a bananas foster, which I just don't know what that is. It's basically like, like caramelized bananas that they do table side. They did a lot of table side work. They had a dish on the menu called steak Diane that they do table side. And I was like, this, it's so unnecessary. Like just suit in the kitchen with a table side guacamole. Oh, me too. The best. I'm horny for table side guacamole right now. Ooh, double horny. Okay, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, uh, Rose, you want to plug your sosh? Your yeah. Meads? Yeah, you can find me um, on Instagram at Rose Cerno, R-O-S-E-S-U-R-N-O-W. My website is rosecerno.com. I also do a podcast independently called Your New Favorite Person. Check that out. Yes. And uh, yeah, Jamie, where can people find you? Okay, I'm at the Jamie Lee on Twitter and at really Jamie Lee on Insta. And I don't really use Facebook. And that's it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm happy I got to see you and talk about sex Okay, this was so fun. I know. I love you. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at the Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarche. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. <laughs>